For folks listening only, Gary Sharp now joins the show. Thank Standing you. Standing ovation. Thank yep. you. Gary, how about how about high school football? How about ninety three to nothing last night? What'd oh you think God. of that number? I know we only have thirty minutes. No, uh, we can go overtime. Okay. Yeah. Gary can't. <laughs> He's like uh, cutting o- you off at thirty. OPS has a major problem. Um, yeah. First of all, that's Benson who they played. The head yeah. coach at Benson left and he went to Central and so you know, Terrence Mackey was starting to build the Benson program because mm-hmm. he was able to retain kids and acquire kids. Mm-hmm. And so the numbers were better than they've had at Benson. And he leaves to go to Central and the Benson football program, which has struggled for a while. These aren't the days of oh, Kent yeah. Keith and, and uh, Troy Travis and Tony Velan and Randy Stella. I mean, Benson football is – and then the Benson school has changed as well. And there's more competition in the Omaha area – Benson should not be playing football. They have 28 guys that are on their roster, and a lot of them should not be pressed into playing Class A football at this stage of their football career. Sure. And that is not a good look at all for OPS football. And it's not just 93 nothing, guys. If you look outside of what Central did, and Central had you know OPS on OPS crime last night, you know, North has always been good because they have a head coach who is – I mean, it, it's a grind to be a head coach, whether you're at North or especially if you're at a place like Benson or Bryan or South. Mm-hmm. OPS Athletics, in, in general, living in this town, is in trouble. It's, it, it is definitely in trouble, and that is a terrible, terrible look for OPS last night. And I feel bad for Benson because it's, it's not Lincoln North Star's fault. I mean, it, it, it isn't. It's, it's a problem where... Benson just does not have the resources to compete. And you could say, hey, drop down to B. I don't know if you guys have noticed, especially on this side of the state, B oh, football yeah. is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So He's really good. Yeah, there has to be, <laughs> a, de- there has to be a decision that is made. And I wonder if we're going to go towards OPS schools only play OPS schools. Hmm. It's, it, Gary, it's, uh, I, this has been a while since I paid too much attention to it, but for a while I'd, I had to cover Iowa sports and, and the Iowa high school scene. And I want to say the city schools, the city schools in Des Moines was pretty similar, right? Where they were just uh, not 93 to nothing bad, yeah. but really could not compete with Valley, yeah. with Dowling, you know, with Ankeny, with southeast polk just any of the kind of peripheral urbandale they couldn't they couldn't compete with the suburban and and des moines area like peripheral schools and anytime it was like des moines north or des moines east or what it's just like you know not not a chance well right and is that that sort of what and it hasn't been like that in nebraska for too long because burke has held its own you know obviously omaha north central's had a cup of coffee here and there yeah, um, the, the dynamics of the OPS have changed and COVID did not do this school system any favors. And you're already looking for another superintendent. I can't believe people are afraid to say the largest school district in Nebraska and not call it urban. But when it comes to athletics, it's tough to retain kids. It's tough to retain coaches. And, you know, you just don't have there's people that are fighting for OPS athletics that just don't have the backing. And I wouldn't be surprised because I'm glad you brought up Des Moines, Mark, because Des Moines public schools separated from the Central Iowa Metro League, and they are in their own ah, league right okay. now for football, for football. Got it. Thank and you. I'm wondering if yeah, OPS makes the move to have football only their own conference where they just play OPS schools, because there are now enough OPS schools with Westview and Buena Vista opening that you could put together a pretty good schedule. Now try telling that to North. You know, North right. North last night went and beat Bellevue West. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a discussion that mm-hmm. needs to be had. But I felt bad for Benson. That's a terrible look. And I'm not I'm not angry at North Star. Nobody should be angry at North Star for no. 90, 93 nothing. They should be angry at OPS and what has what has been allowed to happen to the athletic programs and also just the school district in general. Yeah. Gary, you talk about teams you feel bad about. Did you catch the end to that Omaha Scott and Biddington game last night? Oh man, you you guys are winding me up this morning. I had a fifty-seven seven game last night where Westside played prep. That was our uh, TV game on Cox here in Omaha. 
So I, I have seen it. Um, it was described to me by a, somebody on the scut staff. Uh, I said, man, that looks like you guys might have been screwed. And he said, yeah, no lube, all sandpaper. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, uh, the report I got as well. And then the was, saying sounds like a familiar friend. There was a, there was a video from the goal line. If, if you missed this game, you're just listening. You have no idea what we're talking about. It was a, a last-second touchdown for Omaha Bennington as they took the lead and won 14-13 over Scott. And there's been some views down the goal line of that game that show pretty clearly that uh, the Bennington runner, who was the quarterback at the time, did not make it into the end zone on that play. And it was called a touchdown, and that was the, uh, pretty much the end of the game. There's only seconds yeah. left at that point. A fair comp is for you to go back on YouTube later today and check out the fifth down, Missouri, <laughs> Colorado. Not only was it fifth down, but the quarterback didn't get in. Charles Johnson didn't get in then <laughs> on fifth down. So it was a little rough. Sharpie, a lot of good high school ball. We've spent time uh, on Nebraska, a little bit on the depth chart. but A little bit on so feet. Just, a little yeah, bit on. Just messed up. We'll, we'll explain later, Gary. Sharpie has this. Wow, there's like a fetish going on here on this show. See, okay. Mark, how many fleck coins for a picture? <laughs> That's just wrong. Look, I don't want to go there, man. Feet freak me out, and uh, I don't want to go left turn there again. Out of context, you've heard about that, right? Yeah, yeah, I've heard about it. And I'm looking here in the comments. Can I answer uh, one of these about yeah, Stephen, yeah. about Caleb? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so Caleb Benning was great last night, and he's helped. Pull up the comment here. Where is it? I got it. Uh, his focus right now is on Nebraska. Good. That's all. I, that's I. I'm at liberty to say that his focus is on Nebraska, guys. If he goes to a seven-on-seven camp or he goes to a Friday Night Lights camp, you're probably going to watch him test and go, eh. If you watch him play football, you're going to go, that kid's the best player in the state. He's a game changer. Dude. And he was magni- he was magnificent last night. He looks great, and and I might be a little biased. I mean, I've known him since he was eight years old, but he looks great. He's added about seven pounds. He was he was everywhere last night. Yeah. Wide receiver, safety, which he can kind of roam and make plays, and then of course in the return game. It West Side's going to be a tough out, guys. They got they got players everywhere. And I will tell you something else. I know that Carter Nelson is getting a lot of national attention in his class. If Christian Jones does not get the same national attention, then there's something wrong. And that is a that is one of the biggest priorities since Matt Rule and his staff have been at Nebraska is to lock in Christian Jones. Guys, you don't see a lot of those kind of linebackers that have open field speed and tenacity and strength like Christian Jones has, and he's only a junior. Christian now, Jones from West Omaha Westside. Westside West linebacker. Yeah. So is there, a, is there a comp for him, Gary? Is there uh, to Grant Fields? Grant Wistrom. Wow. Oh, seriously. All yeah. right. He is, and he's not as big. Um, and remember, he's only a junior. But I, I think Christian Jones is going to blow up, and and he likes Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska has done a good job of recruiting him. Mm-hmm. He is he is the biggest priority in state, in my opinion, since Matt Rule has been here. I uh, Benning or Caleb. Ever since he's come onto the scene at Westside, the thing I was most impressed with, because I think he first got Peachy when he was a sophomore, right? Or maybe even if, as a freshman. We're talking about Caleb? Um, yeah. He, did, yeah. They, he didn't want to play uh, varsity football as a freshman. Okay, so it, so it was He wanted sophomore. to grow, and so, yeah, they were part of that. They had an incredible – well, you look at their senior class. They had an incredible freshman team who all yeah, stuck the, together, and they didn't move them up to varsity. The, the thing that impressed me the most, and he's got a lot of skills, right? You can, you can line him up. You, you, he can play offense. He obviously can return kicks. Uh, but he is absolutely fearless when it comes to yeah. filling a hole defensively. Yeah. I'm talking like you don't want to build him up to, to this degree, but it, it seems like Mike Brown was oh, some film good. that Papa probably showed him quite a bit where mm-hmm. – I mean, seriously, that it, even when he was only a buck sixty, buck sixty-five, or whatever he was at safety, he had no problems coming in and laying the wood, even as a sophomore. Um, just fearless, absolutely fearless. Great tackler. I, I, I think he he projects to me as a man. I, I I think he's the type that he would be tough to keep off the field. Maybe it'll take him a year yeah. or so to to acclimate to the college game. 
that dude will be ready to go. Yeah. I, <laughs> He'll you, be ready to hit somebody. Hey, you've made my morning that you brought up Mike Brown. I, yeah. That's a guy, and, and it's kind of Mike's personality. He didn't talk a lot, whether he was at Nebraska or his career in the NFL, most notably with the Bears. Mike Brown probably doesn't get enough run as one oh. of the better football players at Nebraska of all time. Oh, dude, he's in my top Easy. five. Yeah. And I think he's a college football Hall of yeah. Famer. I think no. he's that good. He just, he just went out and played football, and he didn't, he didn't bring a lot of attention to himself. But I, 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 I could see that. Guys that just have a knack for the football, that are hard hitters, that yeah. always seem to be in the right place. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a good comp, but – I tell you, there's the West Side team has just a load of talent. They're they're really really good. They're gonna they're gonna be a, they're gonna be a tough out in Class A, no doubt. While we're talking Gary, uh, lofty player comps here, one that I like for a guy in Christian Jones is actually T.J. Watt from the Steelers. I, I think that those two play the game in a similar way, size, frame. I, I think T.J. Watt, Christian Jones is a good comp. But Gary, to flip gears here and talk Huskers in Nebraska, Minnesota next Thursday night, I need to get your player comp for how Jeff Sims is going to be utilized this season. Maybe not in terms of, of what he is, but how this, this Husker offense and Satterfield and Rule are going to want to utilize him once the season gets going. I think they will be really, really smart with him. I, I think you will see eight carries a game. Maybe four of those are designed. Um, I think he'll throw the ball 24 to 25 times. Uh, I can't think of a comp right off the top of my head because he's very unique. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as large as he is, we've seen we've seen large quarterbacks here, but mostly they make their their money through throwing the football. Um, I think Nebraska will be really smart with Sims, and it's not to protect him or say, "Hey, he's a game manager," which he may be at the beginning. I think it's to they're going to coach to their strengths of what their offense is. And right now, I don't think their strength is throwing the ball down the field. They don't have really anybody, in my opinion, that can blow the top off of things. So I think they're going to keep it kind of within the framework of what Jeff Sims does well. And then they're going to let Jeff Sims, I think, grow into that role of, okay, we know that turnovers have been a problem. What about decision-making? Where's that guy that in 2020 at Georgia Tech wasn't bad? And then, then there's the other part of, we all know this, you got to keep him upright. I mean, Nebraska hasn't had a quarterback start every game in the regular season since Tanner Lee in 17. But if it happens this year, that tells me offensive line has greatly improved. And this is a coaching staff that has coached smart on the offensive side of the ball not to put Jeff Sims in harm's way and let him grow into the role and get comfortable and make plays. But I think you'll see, I think you'll see a heavy dose of running the football, but it's not like they're going to handcuff Jeff Sims. I just don't think you'll see this, this riverboat gambler out there. I, I think no. they, will call, they will call plays that are within the framework of what he can do well, and I think that is using his legs and at time using his arms. His thing to me, if I see this on Thursday night, is not making poor decisions and all of a sudden in the back of your head saying, Man, I got a big boy arm. I can throw into a tight window when it's not there. He did that a lot at Georgia Tech. If he's not doing that, then that shows me that, man, they have done a good job of, of coaching him as a quarterback, not putting him in a situation to not make that throw, but coaching him as a quarterback. Hmm. How about Penix at Washington, a bigger Penix, a bigger right-handed Penix? Maybe, and you know what, and, and, and that might, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about that, is we, we kind of, we didn't know much about Penix until, well, actually the COVID year. And you remember, he kind of burst onto the scene, and that was a good Indiana wow. team. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, everybody's sitting in their, their living room watching that Penn State game, and all of a sudden you go, wow, possibly. Um, I don't know. I, the way I, the ball comes out yeah, of his hand is what yeah, I'm talking it's, about. It's a, it's, it's a I, I don't wrist know, flick. I don't know what they want as an identity of the offense because we don't know. I mean, if that offensive line is improved, then the, it opens up a whole world to you. But until you can establish and trust that the offensive line is going to help your quarterback and help your run game, which in turn will help, of course, Sims, you, you really don't know. Um, but I, I don't, you know, th- this is the question I have when we're looking at the passing game, and I, and I like your guys' opinion. Will we be close to 50-50 in terms of the percentage of completions to wide receivers compared to tight ends running backs? Oh, wow. I, what I think they're going to do is line up and, and see if they can get the, the power game going, especially between the guards and, and center, the A-gap. Uh, and then I think what they're going to try and do is, is find that intermediate. Find them easy throws, Gary, 
right? I mean, get him on the edge with some run pass stuff and find the tight end or check it down to a back. I, I think they'll I – would, I would lean more running back tight ends over wide receivers, and that's weird to say with Kemp because I know he's going to be your, 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 your slot problem solver. But to me, I think if they can just keep the chains moving and the defense is allowing – five to, to eight yard completions in that little flat to intermediate area. I would like to get Sims out on the edge with his athleticism and, and, and go that route. Um, and, and you can line camp up there too, but I'm, I'm liking the tight end running back. That's where I would wager. Yeah. I, and I especially like, with, especially with Ramir and Fedoni and, and Borkature. I mean, and yeah. uh, Bond, I mean, you've got your fullbacks you can, you can yep. use as well to dump off to. What do you think, dude? You, you, look, you can only see you, – you only saw so much in the red-white game, obviously, but his intermediate stuff is what I was most impressed with. <clears throat> I thought he was – I thought he led receivers really well. I thought he was really accurate there. You know, I think Nebraska's had some problems with that where Martinez and, and his predecessors would kind of leave guys out to dry over the middle, right? Yeah. How many times did Wandale take shots to the ribs on, you know, a seven-yard in or something, right? Like, mm. it, was, it was pretty pretty brutal to watch, but – Sims seemed pretty accurate, led his guys uh, on those on that intermediate stuff. So I think that's a that's a help for him. And then I think an X factor, this is more this is not based on inside knowledge. This is based on tea leaves and just kind of seeing seeing how quickly he was moved. Janirin Bonner for some reason stands out to me as somebody who is going to factor maybe more than any of us think. He was moved to fullback. Think about this. Think about this for a, for a hot second. The dude was a receiver. How many receivers have you ever heard of in your effing life moved to fullback? Like, it doesn't – That's those, that, those aren't decisions that coaches are making. Like, should we put him at fullback or receiver? Like, what? No. Those are two entirely different body types. Like, it's not, it's not even well, – and when Bonner came in, when Bonner came in, we had talked about this last week about the dudes that look like they're 35 years old right off the bus. He's one of those dudes. That dude came in physically mature, ready to rock, right? He gets moved to fullback almost immediately, right? You're, you're an offense in, in Satterfield that likes to, likes to move guys around, likes to do some motion, Um I think he's an X factor that that maybe we're not talking about too much. And if if he can be your flex tight end slash fullback slash receiver, there's just not a lot of human beings like that out there. Um, I don't know. I, I got my eye on him as maybe being an X factor for some. And Mark, I'll just say if you flip on your your TV on Sundays here in the fall, you're going to see a lot more of those those wide receiver types playing fullback. It's been one of the, the waves among those modern, the young head coaches, the young offensive coordinators. They've liked yeah. the flexibility and the, the matchup nightmare that a receiver coming out of the backfield from that fullback spot presents whenever you can. I mean, if you have a receiver on the field, a cornerback matched up with him in man coverage, and you shift him into the backfield as a fullback, the, the stress that that causes on a defense, that's been one of the waves that we've been seeing recently in the NFL. Look I, at I Samuel in San Francisco. That's what I was going to say. He's he's a poor man. Ben Skronik in the yeah. Rams I, I've, I've pulled up before too. That's been a, a really interesting trend in the NFL, and I'm curious to see how much so, Roland Satterfield embraced that in the fall. So the thing with Bonner um, and the scrimmage, the, la- the last scrimmage they had, they were, you know, you're going to see Fedoni lined up in a couple of different spots because he's an X factor. He basically is a jumbo wide receiver is Bonner was used down the field, but hmm. Bonner's problem because he's a fullback is he got to be able to block. And oh, that has that's been, a little, <laughs> it's been a little bit of an issue. Hold on a minute, Sharpie. If he can't block, he's, probably not going to be on the field as much as you would think. So he's got to overcome that. You know, I think we all think that Billy Kemp's going to get a lot of uh, catches because of what Mark was alluding to that intermediate pass, which got it just, if Adrian was better at that, look at how that alone done offensively. Yeah. Um, Billy Kemp is going to, he's, he's cock diesel. He's going to take some thumping. My, my problem is right now, and it, and it, maybe it develops. There's, there's, you know, Malachi Coleman, we don't know what his role is going to be is who is that guy on offense that is a big play? I need a big play. I need to get downfield. 
Who's the guy that has the ball in his hands? And in the wide receiver room, you don't have that yet. We got spoiled with Troy, with Trey Palmer last year. So I, I think it's going to be feeling out process. That's why I keep saying they're playing the long game. Um, they're going to see how this team evolves around the makeup of the Big Ten, and then I think adjust accordingly with their talent base and the Big Ten, how they go about it. Guys, I've said this on my show all week. The team they're playing on Thursday night, those two teams are essentially looking each other in the mirror. They're going to run the ball, try and stop the run, churn the clock, try and hold on to the ball, play a low-scoring game that you're better in the fourth quarter that you're going to win. Hmm. Now, Minnesota has that down. Iowa has that down. Illinois has that down. Ironically, P.J. Flex struggles against teams when he looks in the mirror and they look exactly like him. Hmm. He hasn't beaten Iowa. He hasn't beaten Bielema. Now he has beaten Wisconsin. But I think that's what he Nebraska He has not beaten Iowa? No. no. I, I, they're, wow. They're, we were just – Elijah, we were just talking about this, weren't we? Mm-hmm. We were just talking about this. Huh. We, 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 we look at Fleck, Sharpie, and he's 9-4 and four, or he's at 10-3 and three, or he's yeah. at 11-2. and two. Who do they lose to? They always lose, to your point, to Iowa, and they always lose to Illinois. Uh, they've, they've been good against Wisconsin, but, man – um, mm. that's, that's interesting. How do they, uh, stack up against somebody who wants yeah. to do what they do? And that's what, and and I think right now with what he has at his disposal, I think that's Nebraska offensively be able to run the ball, churn the clock. Don't turn it over. If you have to play a low scoring game that involves field position, because I think you have a weapon, you know, Nebraska offensively and defensively haven't had an all big 10 guy since 2014. And you're in, a, you're in a league where there's some candidates, but they're also at deep positions in the Big Ten. You look at punter. The guy at Iowa is Mr. Boomfoot. Brian Buscini is going to turn out to be a huge weapon for this team this year. So if you play the field position and you play in low scoring, that's why Rule is saying, hey, fourth quarter, let's get to that fourth quarter, let's be in the game. Mm. And then what we have learned in our DNA, that's going to help us win those games. That's kind of the recipe right now to win the Big Ten West. Is that going to be the recipe in 24, 25, and beyond when you add four teams that play entirely different? But I tell you, Utah uses the same formula, and every time I turn on the TV in December, they're playing in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good call. I'll tell you, tell you re- receiver, it's, it's funny you bring that up. If you look at like the scholarship distribution chart at that position in particular, there's this huge gap right in the middle. Yeah. Right. You got you got you got some dudes that are that are, you know, fourth, you know, fifth year juniors or whatever with covid and seniors. You got, you know, maybe five, six of those guys and all of them are going to figure into the playing time. And then you got nothing on true juniors, true sophomores, redshirt freshmen. And then you got six true freshmen. Yeah. Right? It's just like the, it's so lopsided out of any position. Um, so and, and it's kind of a ragtag group at the uh in the in the kind of upperclassmen levels a lot of transfers guys like garcia casaneda that you know quit last year and is coming back um but then you got six true true freshmen to the point where one of those one or two of those guys is going to have to they're going to have to figure into the mix whether they're ready or not one of those just just in terms of like numbers of receivers that you have you, you just yeah, there's just no way you're going to get away with not playing one of those guys or two of those guys. Yeah. So let me let me turn this back to you three because I'm very curious. We've all watched the three part uh, episodes of Inside the End. Were you guys because because let's let's stick with the freshman wide receivers, which they're going to be a big part of the future of Nebraska football. Whether that future is Thursday night, uh, a week from Saturday, uh, two weeks from today in Boulder, or in 24, 25, and beyond. Coleman Doss, Lloyd, and Turner. Let's focus on those guys. Jaden Doss, Malachi Coleman, Bryce Turner. And then Jalen Lloyd. It's okay. Um, Are you guys curious, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, the last episode of Inside the End, Rule talked a lot about redshirting. Hey, Hmm. we'll get you your four games, but we're going to redshirt you, and it's going to be okay. All I could think about is he talking about his freshman wide receivers. Hmm. You know, because uh, you look at because he has also made a comment about not putting guys out there and hey, it's okay to learn and man, you don't have to be on the field to learn. And I'm thinking, wow, is he talking about the freshman wide receivers, which he would like to have a full year of development with them? Now I don't think he's gonna be able to do that because of your lack of depth at that position. Mm-hmm. But I that's I what I'm was, saying. I thought it was curious his 
his comments about red shirting, because some coaches don't like to say that out loud because kids are like, oh, no, I'm here to play. But they went really hard on the red shirt message, I thought, recently. I, it, I it, so where my head go ahead, Chris. No, ahead. no I was just going to say he is above and foremost about laying out what is truth, right? So if he's going to look at his red, his freshmen, and he's going to going to tell them, and he's going to tell the cameras, and, and and it is some messaging that either they're not ready or they're not up to the the, the skill level, and I think the the offense, right? It's about being in the playbook, whether you've been here early or you're just a, a summer enrollee, they're, they're not ready. You can't help. You can help at some point. You can probably help for four games. It's probably later in the season, but we're not going to uh, throw you into the deep end of the pool uh, from a confidence standpoint. I think that's what his big thing is, guys, is confidence. He's preached about it uh, with the offensive line. He's preached about fourth quarter being the stronger team. Uh, that goes back to knowing or believing you can do something. And I think it comes down to confidence with some of these young guys. A couple of them, I think, have been dinged up because of how tough camp has been. I mean, it's been that physical. So he is just letting them know uh, where here's the expectations and here's the reality. Uh, don't feel like you have to force yourself. And yeah. I'm just preparing you to, mm. to so you know you, you're not ready. And uh, we'll get you ready, but we're not going to do that to you early on in your career. That's I, I think my thought. I think defensive back is one of those position groups that he was talking about too. Nebraska's loaded there, just in terms of sheer numbers, and that's probably the strength of your defense in the upper classes right now. So I think he's talking about DBs too. But it's funny the four uh, receivers that you brought up, and and throwing another one in, in Jeremiah Charles too, um, who's got a ways to go. He was sort of a football project, anyways. Um, but that is where, you know, we're talking about who takes the top off. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nebraska has got a four by 100 relay team as true freshmen. I mean, legit. I mean, you're talking about bona fide state champ sprinters, um, you know, probably top 20. I bet you Nebraska has four of the top 20 sprinters in all of high school on their ride. I'm serious. Think yeah. about this. Bryce Turner, number one in Texas. Mm-hmm. You're number one in Texas. You're top five in the country. Can they right? get open and can they get him the football? Right. No. <laughs> Coleman, Malachi Coleman, he's got ridiculous speed. Um, Jeremiah Charles was like a, what to say? He was like a state champ triple jumper, right? Um, Jalen Lloyd, you know, state champion in Nebraska and, and had all kinds of offers for track. So you have legitimate speed. And what do you do with speed? Go routes, Right. So that's that's like the least complicated <laughs> it's like the least complicated position and route that you can do. And c- can you get one of those four bona fide track sprinter types yep. to figure out enough to be comfortable enough to know where to line up well, and and know how to get around a DB and streak down the damn field and can Sims get it to you? Probably. I think you're going to yeah. be able to find one or two of those guys, and that'll be their role. Well, and it's, They're not it's, doing it's little square ends. They're not much, doing choice routes. They're doing a damn go route. But how much can you take off their plates? Another question there with your, your rushing attack in terms of if you want to beat a guy deep, hell of a lot easier if they're playing single high safety and that safety's got his eyes in oh, the yeah. backfield because yeah, they've been running it down your throat all game. That's going to be a big factor in trying to take some pressure off the wide receivers is are they playing – Two high and three high, they play in one high safety. It's like, like, how many people do you have to go beat? Are you go beating double coverage? Or are you just beating the corner on a go route using your blazing speed because the safety on the back end is more worried about the run game than he is about the, yeah. the go route? That's a, that's a question yeah. to me. And it all comes back in, in Big Ten football to the rushing attack and to the offensive line. And, Sharpie, that's where I want to go with you here real quick. What's your reaction to two, two true freshmen on the two deep for the offensive line? I think you can expect in the, the rough and tumble Big Ten – those guys are going to get some snaps in Gunnar Gatula and Sam Sledge. And you got to see plenty of Sam Sledge during your time covering high school football. Yeah. And we've got to see plenty of Gunnar Gatula during our time covering high school football. Two guys that, that I think are ahead of where you'd expect a freshman to be in terms of offensive line play. But also in the Big Ten, you don't want to thrust true freshmen in on the lines of scrimmage because of how rough and tumble it is. Well, I think that goes back to rules playing the long game. You know, you're you're not under extreme pressure like we were a year ago today. Of man, you got to win your first game. You got to you got to do this, this, and this. 
he knows that they want to be successful this year and that a bowl game minimum is like the goal to put your, your foot forward. But he's looking at the long game. And, and look at where certain guys – now, certain places you're going to be forced to play guys maybe a little bit before they're ready. But I think you're playing the long game on the offensive line. You like who you recruited last year. Mm-hmm. You really like those guys. And if they're good enough to work their way to a backup spot as a true freshman, that should not limit them. And I will tell mm-hmm. you, I am on record, and I have said this from the jump, Sam Sledge will be a multi-game starter at Nebraska. Sam mm-hmm. Sledge is a filthy football player that when yep. you think of an offensive lineman, it's Sam. And I saw him recently. Guys, what they're doing with strength and conditioning, the offensive linemen, that their flexibility, not just huge strength, um, mm-hmm. guys look different. You're already seeing that with guys that you've seen like at the podium and stuff. But like a Sam Sledge who was built like a, a, a Coke machine when he was at prep, he is now a configured Coke machine. So I don't have a problem with those guys moving up because if you think that they can play, then play them. Isn't that a weird concept? Regardless if they're a true freshman, <laughs> redshirt freshman, you're playing the long game so that if you start now, it's going to benefit you down the road. And I think the possibility that Gunnar Katula, who, guys, I'm not a Gunnar Katula fan. I watched him in high school. I watched him go against Maverick Noonan about a year ago. It was not pretty. Gunnar Katula has come a ways. Um, I'm still not sure about being a tackle in the Big Ten, but he has made some improvements. And so him being thrown into the fire possibly, that still worries me, especially at that position. But I don't have any worries about Sam Sledge. If he gets the opportunity, he'll step in and he'll hold his own as an 18-year-old kid going against grown men in the Big Ten. And one thing I'll well, say about Gatula here quickly is, is physically he had some work to be done. I don't know how much of that he got done during the offseason. He had some work coming into college but uh, to do on, on his body and getting physically ready for the Big Ten, but that's a guy that's been around football his entire life. Dad, the head coach exactly. of Southeast. I mean, he was eight years old getting coached up by Gerald Foster on offensive line play, and, and the greats that have come through Southeast there. He, he's spent his entire yeah. life around football, and I, I don't question – that side of things, but I think he does have some work to do on his body before he's ready to be a Big Ten offensive lineman. But which true freshman that comes into the Big Ten as an offensive lineman doesn't fall into that same category? Well, well and we're not, and we're yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, oh, and we're not talking about shield, we're, huh? <laughs> we're not talking about Catula though. It, it, the, the whole X factor there at tackle is Prohaska, and Prohaska's health. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's causing such a jumble. You know, that's well, that's can why I, you can got, I stop you real quick, and I and I'll let yeah. you finish. Guys, we're talking about a Gunnar Gatula tackle. We're talking about just a couple of names. It just shows you the development and the lack of recruiting at the tackle position in a conference that you got to have good tackles. Yes. That's, that's where you're paying for it right now is a five, seven-year period of really some struggles in development and recruiting of one of the prime positions in this conference. They you didn't do anything yeah. after after Hymas. I mean, Hymas goes to the NFL, and then you throw in two true freshmen that are still playing, and you're hoping yeah. they're right and ready to go this season after being yeah. on the team for, for, for four years. Yeah, you Martin nailed it. Saying. You got to go back, man. You, you almost have to go back to, like, I mean, early bow years, late Callahan, where it's like you had actual tackle bodies, right? Like – a Yancey, yeah. uh, a Nix, um, Searles, you know, Searles. Exactly. Right. Like quality. You, you, yeah. You have to go back a bit like that. Recruiting that position has been tough and then retaining guys and then developing them. Yeah. It's been yeah. an issue, but we're not talking about Katula. If, if Prohaska's healthy, yeah. right. Prohaska's locking down the left side. Corcoran's probably a, a swing guy. Bennert's probably got right tackle. Um, you know, it's just a different picture, but they just don't know what they're going to get from Prohaska yet. They don't know if he's going to be fully back. He might never, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Prohaska has not played a lot. When he's healthy, when he's healthy, the, the staff is like, yep, that dude's starting. Like, there's no question, right? They put him in, and they're just like, man, he's he's a player. But he's such a big dude, and he's had so many knee problems that you just don't know if he's going to be able to, to just remain healthy, which would be a damn shame if he can't. Yeah. Sharpie, we'll get you out on this, brother. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning. Uh, a week from today, what do you think we're hitting on? Is it, hey, 
There's some progress. Oh, uh, shoot, another tough loss for Nebraska. We're somewhere in the middle here. Have, have you ramped up to a, a, an early opinion on Nebraska-Minnesota? Uh, I'm getting there, but I will, I will tell you what. I think we'll be talking about Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Friday evening, and the next Saturday on this show is the respect for Nebraska football under Matt Rule. You can, you can put the coin in the machine because that will have already started. Okay. Watching them play football, where it looks like it's a team that has been ramped up pretty well in camp, that guys are starting to look different than they looked the last time we saw them, that the coaching staff seems to be in unison in terms of decision-making and a plan and sticking to a plan. I think Thursday night starts the road back to respect for Nebraska looking like a college football program Instead of a let's throw darts at a wall program, I think that's where you'll start. And eventually that should lead to success down the road. I don't know if it will Thursday night, but the one thing I've said about this season that I'm really, really engaged in is, guys, this is you're more optimistic probably. And I don't want to say I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I just think there's a plan and there's a vision. And now I want to see it that, you know, they're headed in the right direction. And I, I, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I will tell you, I disagree that, man, Matt Rule, every year when he goes, has his first year, he's supposed to be uh, at least one win less than he inherited. That's not going to happen. I think it's going to be a choppy season, but, you know, I think respect will be the thing that we'll be talking about that, okay, now I can see something. It's early, but I can see something of what they've said they're now backing up and how they play and how they look and how they react. And if that's the case, then I think you should feel good about where this program is taking steps along the way in 23. You know, it's funny you bring some of this up, Gary, because I think that was maybe the perception when Frost came in. I remember saying it of just like, well, finally, you're going to have a guy in a program that has a plan for everything. Whether or not it'll work, we don't know. In hindsight, we know there wasn't a plan for everything. Yeah. There are a lot of things that weren't accounted for. I, the two things that stand out, and I want to see, um, and I think the, you know, those, those, uh, that sort of hard knocks knockoff series that's on YouTube that the yeah. university's putting out, it's pretty good. You get some pretty good insight, I think, from those. Because, yep. um, I mean, it's 90 plus minutes of, you know, inside the locker room and all those things and inside the meeting rooms. The, a couple things stand out about what rule like the, the impact that he's having on this current roster. So one of them, you nailed it, is the difference in strength and conditioning. And I think he came into a group, not trying to be all like, um, you know, physique guy here, but <laughs> he, came, he, came, he came into a group, though, that has a base level of strength, of just straight up strength. And that's different yeah. than like, yeah. you know, you, there, there's a difference between just strength and like, lateral movement and all that, but strength, I don't think was a problem. So they had a nice base there. Yeah. And now it's about getting those guys some mobility on top of that. And then number two, and it's an intangible, but during the meeting room in in the meeting rooms, when it's a full team meeting and rule walks in, the whole team is there. Right. And they have this like kind of barn, you know, GoPro like shot in the back of the room. So you can kind of see the whole thing. He starts every meeting. He makes them all, it's called like greet each other or something like that. He's like, and they li- literally, everybody that's sitting in kind of like movie theater style, if you can picture it, they're all sitting there. He makes them all get up, say what's up to everybody, give each other fives, kind of like hug your neighbor kind of thing, you know, like greet your neighbor. It's like Sunday morning at he, church. He, yeah. makes them, he makes them do that for about 15 seconds. And, and then you just see like when he's talking, like the team is engaged. They're responding. Yeah. Like people aren't just kind of sitting there taking it in. They're involved. They're laughing. They're barking stuff out. It's interactive. There, there's like a camaraderie thing that's happening there. Will that translate to beating Minnesota? I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is, it's like he's taking actual steps to create that unity that Frost talked about, but it maybe didn't happen. It feels like Rule is actually instituting things to make that happen, and they're eating three meals a day together. <laughs> like literally, yeah. that's a requirement. There's- there's accountability and there's focus. Like you also watch when he's speaking at practice, all eyes are on him. And he doesn't have to say, all eyes on me. People just, people are, he, he's got that kind of personality. First of all, I think he, he loves the game of college football, which is refreshing for this fan base. He also, 
you know, I mean, I think he respects the profession. So he's not taking a shot at Fleck. He's not taking a shot at Dion. I mean, we want him to, you know, rile those people up. But I think he respects the game of college football. And he just has that, if you guys have been around him and you'll get to be around him a little bit more, he just has that personality that you're kind of drawn to him. He, he doesn't put a front on. He's not like, hey, stiff arm, I'm, I'm Matt Rule. He's very bring you in. And I think he does the same thing. He, guys, he's the same person away from football that he is in football. And guys that are 18 to 22, they need that. They don't need a phony. And they can, t- they can read through that. And I think Rule not being – just being who he is has gone a long way. But I'm, the one thing about the meeting – so this stems from something that they discovered back in December when they were starting to have player meetings. This is from an assistant coach on Rule's staff. He told me this. He said that they started they – start, as they were getting no players that were still in the program – they realized that guys that were on defense didn't know many guys that were on offense. Like mm. they, 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 they could recognize them, but they didn't know what their name was or they didn't really know where they were from. And huh. one of the assistant coaches told me that was startling that, okay, you maybe don't need to know a kid's from Osceola, Nebraska, but that kid's name is Keith. Do you not know his name? <laughs> and he's a scholarship guy. So it's not like he's a walk-on and he's not around you all the time. So that's where that kind of started is, hey, when you're, when you're passing a, football, a fellow football player in the hall or on campus, say hello to him. Don't just give him a nod and say, what's up? Say, hey, Tim, how's it going? Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Hey, mm-hmm. hey, Steve. So that's kind of where it started way back in December. And mm-hmm. they've kind of continued that of, how about just getting to know the guys you play with? You know, not just your position group or your side of the ball or just your coaches. How about getting to know every guy in the program? Let them know that you have a story. Let them know you're all here for one thing. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what they've instituted inside of the hall, the, uh, the walls of North Stadium. And you're right, Mark. I don't know if that leads to a win on Thursday night. But again, you're playing the long game here. And little things like that, I think, can go a long way in building up a bond that when you're, when you're squeezed, that bond sticks together, either that is something that happens off the field, in the facility, or most importantly, in a tight football game where the clock is winding down and you're in the fourth quarter and you have a chance to close it out. I just got chills a little bit, Gary. Because really of uh, who walked behind Schmitty? Uh, no, no. That <laughs> would be that would Carpe, be It was her birthday yesterday. I know. She, she sent me oh. a card. Yeah, oh, and, and, yeah. And, she sent you a picture of her feet, didn't she? Keeping with the theme. And Chris was trying to decide, according to Elijah, whether or not he should purchase her a gift or if dinner was enough. You know, but and 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 of course, all of us we're just like, of course, you get her a gift. Meanwhile. Chris is the only one of us uh, of four that's actually happily married. So maybe he knows. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know I have no idea. You know, like, but yeah. Say hi, sweetie. No, die. Okay. She's going to make a date. <laughs> Did you, you just say die? No, she, 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 she oh. said to me, die. She threatened my life. Oh, that's on good. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the secret to a happy Why do you have an open right relationship? There. Yeah. 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 Well, on that note, back to feet. Um, Just kidding. Just kidding. Back to feet as it relates to receivers. Are they going to get? No. 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 Okay. Are they going to get open with fast feet? Let's get out of here. Is Bryce Bennard going to shuffle his feet better to keep defensive ends off of the quarterback? You know, like. Look at you. I think we have our name. I think we have our name. There's got to be something with feet in the title here. You know, will they pull off the feet of beating Minnesota? Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that we could do here. My sweet you know? God. All right. Yeah. We'll be uh, live in Minneapolis next Saturday, next Friday, next Thursday, next how Wednesday. Great the, how great does that sound, guys? Well, it's going to be we've awesome. Made it. Are, you, are you up there, Gary? Are you going? Uh, I will not be up there, but I will be uh, I will be observing from afar. Okay. Hey, there's okay. going to be I, – I know it's sold out, so the sold out gold out. There's going to be quite a bit of red up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, come on. Pearl Jam Saturday, man. Come on. What are you – what are you doing down here? You're a music uh, guy. I have some. Uh, I have some other obligations with Caitlin Clark. By the way, we never even got to talk about that. I have an obligation Caitlin with Clark. Caitlin Clark. Co- no, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You you were with Caitlin Clark, and we I, we never found out why. What was uh, that? I'm not on the level of Connor McCaffrey. Yeah. But it was an event at the Iowa Speedway. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. All right. So you got something going on at some some sort of sporting he, facility in the he's, Midwest. He's he's busy. 
I know. Yeah, He's got ball games. Is so, this yeah. is this one of the most exciting weeks in Nebraska athletic history? I mean, we it just is, went man. through. We went through a bad week where Ted Carter departs. Oh um, yeah. The airline that the university athletic department went all in on said red way. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Now now we go from. Now we go to a, what is one of the most exciting weeks where you're going to set a national record on Wednesday night in a football stadium with a different sport to the Matt Rule era beginning where I, I, know, I know two guys in particular that listen to us every Saturday morning that are dialed in with Hale Varsity Radio. They got disengaged last year, and they said this is such a wasted season. And they said that before the calendar ever flipped to October. <sighs> they are all in in watching this unfold this year. And I think a lot of people Thursday night will be there going, what is this going to look like? Because Nebraska is kind of in the range of Colorado, but not to that extent. One of the greatest unknowns in college football mm-hmm. in 23, and I think that makes it great. Oh, well, Because yeah. I think it's what, the great unknown for the better, not the great unknown of, oh, geez, the bottom has fallen out and we're going to sink to the bottom of the ocean. Nope. Uh, what a difference a year makes uh, from Ireland to uh, oh, the Fleck era. So. Oh. Was that just one year ago this Saturday? T- today, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Remember when? Remember when everybody got free drinks? Yeah, I know. Cranac did. We had a we had a great time. Except Dude, I came back with like I came back with like a like six drink. It was incredible. They were like, "Sorry, <laughs> sir, you can only do one or two. I was like, "Come on, man! I've been waiting in line for thirty minutes. I got a whole crew back here. They're like, okay. And I had to tip them a little hey. extra. Gave them hey. a euro or two. Send them a picture of your we... feet. <laughs> <laughs> this is just turning into like Rex Ryan and his wife. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that's that should be in the name, Rex Ryan something. So, yeah. so one quick thing here, and then we can probably bury Dublin. Did anybody ever get Brandon Frankie's like discussion on what happened? Brandon Frankie, no Play, uh, kickoff specialist last year on the onside. What what yeah. what, what, what where are you getting at? What are you saying? Just I, I who gave the just, order is what I, he's asking. I, was, oh. I wonder. I just wonder if he went rogue. <laughs> really wow is this based hoping, on something or, or hoping, are you just hoping is he'd be left a, over there or what is this based on something or are you just is this Son, just a little conspiracy you're theory you're home? Up? the stunning re- reaction of coaches on that staff of what happened including the head coach that oh my goodness this is a so 30, he's our steve bartman this is a, this is a 30 for 30 maybe a little miscommunication <laughs> Frankie is our Steve Bartman then? I don't know. I, I just said, he's, has anybody ever gotten his we, – we've got like a couple more days to talk about this. And Is he still can, on the roster? No. No. Did is he, he play again after that? Uh, yeah, you know, actually he was, he was actually pretty good for Nebraska. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He but was. I don't know. You know, you're up 11 in the third quarter, maybe not onside. That'll be the tribute that uh, Rule has when Northwestern comes here in October. How about some of the kicking debacles under Frost, by the way? Who, who was the cat from uh, that he ended up transferring, and he was like a kicker punter? Which one? All world. Remember when he whiffed against Ohio State? He was just going to kick a ball, and he literally just missed it. Uh, that was Caleb Lightborn. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, and he got, hey, man, he went to a dark place. I, I feel bad for him. I'm, I'm glad that you know his, his college career didn't pan out once he left Nebraska, but, man, he, his yips, he went to a very, very dark place. But that's, that's something this year that, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek here as we joke about this and wrap this up. We I love, I love Bushini. I think Bushini is going to have a great year, and I think he's a huge asset for Nebraska. And then the fact that Tristan Alvano is in the program, and he's probably not in the program if he doesn't go five for five in the stadium that he's going to spend a lot of his college career in, including that 45-yarder to win the game. Um I think I feel really good about the kicking game. The return game, I think Billy Are we Campbell talking did, about feet? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about feet to wrap this up. The, the, the return game, the kickoff return game will be kind of interesting seeing the two names that were listed. I think Billy Kemp will be fine. But I think Nebraska, because this will be a big part of the rule recipe, I think Nebraska in terms of place kicking and punting is in a good spot going into this year. And I don't know that we've been able to say it about both of those positions very much of late. It's Gary Sharp with this weekend edition, Ale Varsity Radio, Elvano, Bleak Road. We'll see where uh, that settle. We'll see, we'll see where Rule settles on that because it could come down to one of their uh, feet, Cranach, 
on Thursday night. In the sport so, of football. Hey, it's sure. all coming together. Hey, I know we're, we're, we're way over, but that's okay. We don't have any obligations. There's no, um, no, no, we're fine. Uh, your sponsor, you, by the way, if you own a small business, if you own a business, like your sponsorship <laughs> could be here, right? Like yeah. Hail Varsity Weekend sure overtime. overtime brought to you by. Imagine Ooh. starting a business and not advertising on this show. Like, it's a great point. Yeah. idiot. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, it did, it, I have not seen this. Um, they haven't announced the final set of single digits, have they? No. It's supposed, today, to happen, no. It's supposed to happen last night. I think they'll do it today. Rule mentioned in his press conference yesterday that they have them selected, but some of the guys don't even know yet. So it's yeah. coming. And then black shirts, too. Those are also going to get awarded. Sunday. Yep. There's a lot wow. happening there. So somebody's going to get a single-digit black shirt walking around right now. Has so, no idea. Quentin Newsom is one of them. Has to yeah, be, right? Got to be. Has to be. Gabe Irvin, the you, other? Elijah, I was just going to go there. Bam, you win a prize. I wouldn't be surprised if Gabe Irvin is a single-digit guy. And then what about Malcolm Hartzog? For sure. Well, the question oh, is, is there two left or three left? Because technically Ethan yeah. Piper has one, but he doesn't have one. So the number is available, but is it actually available? That's going to be a question. I think you go three. I think your candidates are Ramir, Gabe, and Thomas Fedoni on offense. I think those are your possibilities. Defensively, you have Hartzog, like you mentioned, Newsom. It's got to be between those five, right? I mean, it's, it's those five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's not, that would be a sh- that would be a surprise. And Hutmacher, Nut Smasher, he's going to be wearing zero, <laughs> right in the middle of the defense. You've seen that on the message boards. I'm not taking credit for it. What's What's great about that that nickname, <laughs> Nut Smasher, is it takes you all of. You know, it's a good nickname when it only takes you 0.5 seconds to know exactly who they're talking about. <laughs> right? You've seen it on the message boards. Come on. I'm not, I'm not making sense. All I, all I know is I think it's ideal that a guy that's going to play on the nose is wearing zero. Right. Uh, I guess I'm smasher, not smasher. I mean, you know exactly yeah. who I'm yeah. talking about. I know. Go get him, but... go get him coach. Yeah. yeah. Hey, a uh, poll question on uh, Hale Varsity Radio Overtime. What yeah. is a better NIL deal? The uh, Nut Smasher with SOS or Jeff Smith with Am- uh, Jeff Sims with Amigos? Oh, did he the, get Amigos? The, yeah. yeah. Oh, Kranik, where have you been? I haven't it, seen it. Okay. I've been working. So, you don't, Jeff, you, you don't have social saying, media. Hey, people are saying that Matt Rule might save Nebraska. Jeff Sims might save Nebraska. We could get Amigos back in Memorial Stadium. Oh, he is doing a deal, his NIL deals with Amigos, and they're going to have a Jeff Sims combo meal that's going to be available at Amigos across the states. Oh, but yeah. what they should do What's is he was wearing, when they announced it the other day, he's wearing a T-shirt that's yes. got an outline of the state of Nebraska, and it's got the Amigos logo, like where Lincoln is. I want it's, that T-shirt. It's a great Dude. one. But but they used to have way back in the day. Amigos was in Memorial Stadium. Oh yeah, the Chris meets. Yeah, yeah Chris yeah. meets are great. Question: Can we? Uh, if Jeff, <laughs> By the way, we said we were gonna. We said we were gonna get out. No, of this, this, is this, is, this is it. <laughs> oh, this can, is can, it. This is it. Sims, because you can hear his wife. She's like Chris. Chris. No, no. <laughs> no, she sounds. She sounds like Linda Blair. You imitated her on the show a while ago. <laughs> hey, yeah. where are you doing? Yeah, no, she hey, sounds like Linda. The checkbook here. Yeah, kiss my Get your feet. ass to work. No, she kiss she's, my uh, feet. It's Saturday. Rub them now. <laughs> is this what marriage is like? Sucky, sucky. Yeah, she's uh. She's Linda Blair in The Exorcist. That's her oh, voice. Jesus. That's her comp. <laughs> it's hey, terrific. But... It's terrific Tuesday. You know what to do. <laughs> I'm glad we sleep in separate beds. <laughs> oh, I wish we did. Um... My feet feel better in a hoka shoe. <laughs> Man. Um... Finish your thought, please. I, uh, my thought was this. Can Freaky Foot Friday, honey. Bring Do the Nebraska, honors. Can Nebraska get back to a bowl game under Sims, and can he bring Amigos back downtown? 
Oh, uh, that's, that's the you question. Know what? I hey, oh, we need the nacho bar slash salsa bar. Every time I go it's by a, there, it's, it's, it's elite ranch. There. Yeah, it's just sitting empty. I mean, I, it's sad. So many good times, man. That amigo has got me through college. I won't say single handedly, so but I would have made violations it in that amigo. <laughs> Keep defensive ends away from that bar, by the way. Just keep no, defensive don't, ends don't, away from that bar. Friend, friend of the show, need you don't need to say anymore. Just friend of the show, leave it alone. Totally. I know. Look, we all did stupid stuff back then. I don't even yeah, remember but, riding but, a short bus with Monty in South Bend. So, like, I, it's fine. I, Monty remembers you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is past the statute of limitations, but there used to be an assistant men's basketball coach in Nebraska that at 2 a.m. would be standing with uh, Sheriff Woody in that yeah, Amigos yeah. and would have a wad of cash. And if a student athlete walked in and needed food, that coach would pay for it. It was allowance. Wow. Oh, it was – I got some of the best scoop out of there. Don't tell That's anybody. Awesome. Don't tell way, anybody. He's, NCAA he's, might put us on, like, you know, put us on probation. Eh, for, that's you know what, actually, that, that, was, hey, that was when Nebraska basketball was rolling, so maybe we need to get uh, Lesnar down to some you – know, like, outside of Brothers <laughs> or yeah. Sandy's. Good idea. Or the we Euro haven't even play. talked about volleyball day in Nebraska. We haven't talked about – you know, the Nebraska baseball team has unveiled their fall schedule. We haven't talked about any of that. How much time we got? Should we, are we trying to get out of here? Let's go this? seven minutes. We'll I, go to the bottom of the hour. I do yeah, have an air show to get to today at some point. Oh, dude, I'm glad you brought that up. Glad you brought that up. We're planning on going today, too. Here's the problem with air shows, though. Okay, one, the Blue Angels are going to be there today. Yep. Awesome. Here's That's the right? problem with air shows. This out of yeah, Here's good. the problem with air shows. Here's the problem with air shows. They're expecting like anywhere from 100 to 200,000 people, mm-hmm. right? And it's not a huge base. Like they used to have it at Offutt Air Force Base, but they've been undergoing construction on their on their runway and everything. Like getting in and out of that thing, I mean, it's ridiculous. You're going to be in like, it's like LA traffic to try to get to the air show. The good thing, <laughs> here's the other problem. Here's the other problem with the air show. Great axe pitch for Lincoln. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's gonna it's gonna be tough, right? Like traffic's gonna be more than a game day today. It's gonna be yeah. ridiculous. Um, and then and Lincoln's terrible with traffic patterns, anyways, right? Like, what is Normal and Cotner doing? Like, what are they? Um, so, <clears throat> not only that, but then they can't even give you they can't even give you like a schedule of performances. No, right? They can't. They say, oh, they start at 11, and it'll depend on weather. I'm like, hold on. You're a blue angel. You can drop a freaking smart bomb on Saddam Hussein's eyeball. But if it's not cloudy, anymore. but if it's cloudy in 74, you might not be able to give us a time. Come on. You can. I mean, you're, you're, you're built for this, right? You're a supersonic jet. You, you can handle like, can you just tell us right roughly, not in the mood for excuses on a Saturday morning? Can, can you tell us? Can you tell us a rough time? Like, are the blue angels going at 11? Or two, like give us a range, <laughs> at least. They're like the performances start at eleven. Like, come on, it depends on the weather, dude. You 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 fly in desert. It's about storm. health and safety. Like, what... Back off. Bring your cooler. Get your lawn chairs. Get your ass down here and just deal with it. It should be noted. Okay. Simple. Okay. There I, are several bars for you to hit. I texted you guys oh, last night guys. to remind me. Yeah. You guys didn't remind me, so yeah. I blame you for this. That took this long. I ran into some pilots last night and some people on oh, the yes, staff yes, that, yes, that, yes, that yes, are in yes. town for the air show. All right. So they're what do they the, fly? Do you know? They, they fly the uh, the F-18s. They're part of the Navy Growler demo team. So, Dude. Yeah, they yeah, fly so, F-18s? Yeah. So they, they were all These hanging out. legit. They're all hanging out. That's some out. maverick stuff right there. And I recognize their shirts. I go, oh, you guys in town for the air show? We get to talking. And one of them goes, you're Elijah Herbal. And I go, yeah, who are you? <laughs> and um, he's been Elijah was wearing his media pass around the downtown bars. <laughs> no, it's a uh, guy, guy's name was Chase. Lovely guy. Got to talk to him for a good 10 minutes last night. Uh, he's from Lincoln. A uh, couple of deployments. He's been on the Growler team. He's actually getting out of the Growler team as they're kind of turning over. This is the, the last air show for a lot of these guys. Um, and, okay. and he's back in the hometown, and apparently he's been listening to us every day for years now, uh, including oh, what is up? including That's on a awesome. couple of his deployments. Uh, so first off, I want to thank Chase for listening. It also reminded me, there's anyone else out there who's listening on a Saturday morning or at any point overseas serving our country. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Big Godspeed. Ups. Thank you for your Man. service. God willing, you'll yeah. be back at the game at Memorial Stadium here soon. But that just got me thinking. It was uh, incredible to see. But yeah, You sent that text last night with Chase and... You know, we've been doing this damn Saturday thing for a billion years, and yeah, we, we can't thank folks for tuning in forever. And it's gone from air shows to Cranach wanting a itinerary. 
Look, did you they, get Chase's number? Like, Chase, wow. give us some intel. They said like, that the Navy Growler team will be flying. Back when I can take my kids. At 12 this? They're flying at 12 time. So they, they don't give us the time, but apparently all these guys that fly have the time. They're at 12.10 today uh, with the U.S. Navy Legacy flight. A couple of those guys were also with the Legacy flight going before. And I did some quick math with oh. the performers and the schedule and it would appear that the Blue Angels would be going somewhere around three to four, and that they do actually depend on the weather just slightly because they want to give a good show. But he, they said the weather that we have in store today with the dew point and partly cloudy is like ideal flying conditions. Dew point? Yeah, because you have to worry about the dew point. No, no, I know what it is. I'm just saying, again, <laughs> they said it, it again, you can send a heat seeker to Gaddafi's groin. But you can't figure out how to fly in some humidity. Well, it, like, it, it affects is, wow. jet performance. You're 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 pissy this morning. I oh, love it. Well, it, it. It affects the jet performance. They say it didn't like the the hot and humid weather we've had over the past couple of days. But they said with the weather we have today, should be good flying conditions. And also, uh, with the partly cloudy and the the humidity, that you should be getting those like contrails off the wings whenever they do the sharp turns. Oh, yeah. Those going to be oh, better nice. today. So they said uh, oh, yeah. should be a good show. Hey, so the, a couple Lincolnites here at the top of the screen. If you're if you're watching, if you're listening, you don't see Elijah and Chris. Couple Lincolnites. So we're we're I've ruled out trying to actually go on base. I'm not sitting in the car for two hours, and then you know in and out. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. So you got so you got to find a vantage point because that's a good thing about air shows. We said what's bad about them. What's good about them is that a Blue Angel will cover six miles in I don't know four seconds. So you can go wherever the hell in the general vicinity to get a good view mm-hmm. as a couple Lincolnites who know this place, know that know the capital city better than most. Where is like a good watch site where we won't have to deal with the, the, the crowds and the traffic. What comes to mind? Top of the top of the parking garage near Memorial stadium, or is that too far? That's a little far. That, we've, we've tried that before. Capital beach. Like where, where, where am I going? Where should uh, we go? I'm trying to remember what the middle school is up in the Highlands. There's a middle school up in the Highlands that you can set up oh, a yeah, 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 from that's yeah, pretty solid. Yeah. I've done that before. You, you don't miss the traffic completely, but it is slightly better. Middle school at the Highlands. Yeah. Okay. Carson used to practice basketball there. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, okay. Uh what else? Shoot. We're going we're so, to try so to do some Highlands. watering hole wings today, too, which watering, oh, good. why aren't you sponsoring the show? Like, what are you doing? Well, and and – when I'm thinking of of north part of town, again, free shout out here. Forgive me, but Scarlet Hotel's fun. They've got that party deck oh. up top. Oh yes, good call. That yeah, the bar up there. Yeah. Oh, I mean that's that's my take on it. Is that too uh, far from Air Park though? Or I think it, it, I think I think it looks out west. I think you'll see it all. So okay. I, I think, I, and again, forgive me. Is Goodrich wrong, the middle school we're thinking of? Is it Goodrich? That we're no, of? Goodrich is uh, North Twenty Seven. Yeah, yeah. What what is it? Mm. Highlands Middle School. So if I Google that, I might be able to zero in on it a little bit. That's good. This is good info. This is good info. This is great. Just trying to figure out what you know where our feet are gonna gonna park. Friedstrom. 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 That sounds right. Yeah. Yes. Friedstrom. That's a yep. weird name. It's a weird name. Go Feetstrom. It's Friedstrom Elementary Friedstrom. School. That is right. Friedstrom Elementary School. They got a big field that back. You can set up a lawn chair. That works well. So it's an elementary school. Feetstrom. Fried. Okay. Friedstrom. We're, we're out. F R E D S T R O M. Okay. That's good. That, that's a solid one. That's kind of next to the Highlands Golf Course. Uh, mm-hmm. So solid spot to go watch it from. My roommates uh, there. I'm so I'm going because. Here at the the radio station here, we're platinum sponsors of the air show. So your, your boy got himself a VIP parking pass. So uh, what? yeah, I'm gonna be whipping up and uh, and sitting in the, the close spot. So only one okay. mark, sorry. Uh, but you're, you're basically Maverick at this point. But my roommates, they're going out to uh, to Kawasaki. Apparently, Kawasaki has watch parties for their employees. So if you know anyone who works for Kawasaki, oh yeah, yeah, they have a, a really good yeah. vantage point out there as well. So okay, the more you know. Charlie's oh taking all this in, man. Just inventory, inventory. I love it. So, are you going, Gary? You gonna watch it? Uh, I am. Uh, I am not. I am not. Okay. But I, you... I, I do love air shows. I'm not as disgruntled as you are towards air shows. <laughs> I, no, I, I haven't missed the Blue Angels once when they've been in town. I I haven't missed them. They're awesome. Well, 
They've been in town all they've been on town for the majority of the week in Lincoln and people complain because either they don't know the air show is there. So they think that there's like a crash or something and there's smoke in the air. And so like there have been numerous calls to 911 in Lincoln about uh, the Blue Angels. It's like whenever Memorial Stadium first got fireworks, the fireworks some, after yes. touchdowns and people in the North Bottoms were calling in reports of gunshots whenever the fireworks were going off from the stadium. You guys oh, remember geez. that? Yeah. That was a big what a great night story. to shoot people, by the way. Fourth of July. Not what? that I'm encouraging that, but really, get away with it. Just On that note. Wow. Right All right, we uh, are uh, going to say God love you, and we'll be uh, back or shoot, Monday. Or shoot inanimate objects, really. Yeah. I mean, not people. Uh, hey, welcome we to the White Sox game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will be uh, in Minneapolis. Oh Come see God. us at the graduate next Wednesday through uh friday and uh, excited to be up there for nebraska minnesota sharpie god love you bud thanks for yeah thanks for hey, your thanks time. guys we've made it uh it's gonna be get ready thursday's gonna be awesome that's a that'll be. be a good day for nebraska football oh. gary we'll send you some pictures of the blue angels from Lincoln. since you're not going and try to get my foot in the foreground there it is and it'll there be it sweet hey uh, elijah got your text thank you i'll uh, meet you so we can get that vip parking <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good sharpie take care brother Elijah, thank you. Chris Schmidt back with you on uh, Monday and then live from Minneapolis uh, on Wednesday with Hale Varson.